Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Mad Mind Podcast. My name is Cam. I'll be your host today. Today with me is my guest, Calvin. Say hello, Calvin. Hey, guys. How's it going? So today we're going to be talking about dating during the pandemic, as well as dating post-pandemic. And then we're going to be going into friendships during the pandemic. So, Calvin, have you had any experience dating during the pandemic? Well, I have had a lot of unsuccessful dating during the pandemic. Well, first of all, let's just define what actually dating is. Is dating more like, oh, I'm out going to dates? Or are you talking about like the pre-dating stage, which is the talking phase, where it's like... Like outgoing on dates, because we're getting into vaccines right now. So, you know, some people are fickle about that. Well, I think that's the hardest part, because first of all, you have to have somewhere to meet. Everything has been closed for a while. Mm-hmm. Then you have like, people who are very hesitant because you know they might be a health hazard to themselves or the people that surround them. So you get those kind of factors. So yeah, it's been pretty hard. Yeah. So in dating, there's always do's and don'ts. Do you think having a vaccine should become a do or don't? Like, so you know that's that's like your body thing. So you know I understand that. I'm talking like more along the lines of, you know, uh. Like some girls won't date guys if you don't take back. Like if you, you have certain strict mm-hmm. like preferences. Do you think uh, having a vaccine is like a solid preference? Like you know, cause we all got little things that girl, you're just being petty with that. But do you think it's a solid? No, preference? I don't think so because when people do that, it's all about protecting their own space and things like that. So if one of your requirements for dating is that you have to be vaccinated then okay. it's just like we just won't date. I mean, there are millions and millions of single people in the world. You don't have to just stop and you know, try to date one particular person because you have that interest. You have a whole bunch of fish in the sea. So if that person doesn't, if that person doesn't fill your requirements, then you are more than obligated to sit down and move on to the next person. Gotcha. So another thing, you know, I don't want to just cover, you know, the vaccine issue. There's also the political issues as well as the race issues that have come up kind of because of the pandemic. Do you think that's going to affect dating? Hell yeah, now that's going to, yes, you damn right that's going to affect dating because we are now living in the age of social media where you can get so much information given to you at any given moment. So it's like, okay, okay. if you don't support like the political movement, let's talk about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. For a lot of people like me, that is a deciding factor if I'm going to continue to date you because seeing that I'm black and openly black, I mean, you don't get much black than looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> then for me, you supporting the movement is more like, okay, the person that I'm dating, their life matters to me because a lot of people take these political movements and they try to be like, oh, it's not that deep, well, it's not that serious, but they try to take away the original message from what they're trying to portray. If I'm saying like Black Lives Matter, we're talking about things that happen in America, about how black people are treated, not just by the police, but the systematic racism that yeah. we face every single day. Yeah. So if I'm dating somebody, especially somebody who is not black, then yes, that is a requirement that you must support the Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's not going to work if you don't. So do you think uh, all the issues that have kind of, do you think the pandemic has negatively affected, you know, the dating as an adult or, you know, has brought a lot, a lot of, I guess, challenges, challenges and kind of sort of benefits because the pandemic has shed a lot of light on issues that America was ignoring for a lot of time. Well, I don't think so much that it has shed a lot of issues on uh, problems that Americans were facing already. I think it just highlighted to the ones that it wasn't really affecting them in the first place because like being a black man, this is, these 
issues and stuff. This stuff I've been hearing about my entire life. I'm 23 years old. I have literally been, this stuff has been drilled into me since I was a small child. Gotcha. So yeah. this stuff is not something new to me, but saying I have friends that are others who, if you live in a predominantly area that everybody in your neighborhood looks the same, like let's say if you're white, if you're white and you live in a white neighborhood and you're not really surrounded by other black people or people of color, of course you're not going to be knowing what these issues are, but this pandemic, because you are forced in the house and the only thing you can do is be on media or social media is highlighted these things to your attention so now yeah. that you're more aware. So yes, yeah. I feel like the pandemic has hit some benefits on bringing awareness to issues and people are thinking about topics that it was like, oh, it doesn't really affect me on everyday life. But now I can put myself in perspective of somebody else and see like, oh, this issue is really going on right now. And yeah. then, you know, a lot of people now, like interracial dating is a thing. Um, dating people of different cultures, not just cultures, but different regions. It's all kinds of issues that I brought up. So now people are now having, I don't want to say higher standards, but they have a different set of standards. So it's like, okay, now that I'm dating and I'm trying to get to know other people, these are the requirements that I have. You don't support these requirements, especially politically. It's just mm -hmm. not going to work. Personally, I, I feel like, you know, the pandemic has, you know, brought increased awareness to, to race. You know, of course it has, but to, not just to black race, to all races. It's like the definition or the invisible walls between races have become more clear and strict. Do you think... Uh, you know, certain races are going to be a little bit less or more likely to date another person now that certain issues are coming to light. I mean, it's not like the issues haven't been present, but, you know, the awareness, has been the awareness has increased significantly. Um, hmm. I'm not 100% sure because you already have to have the notion that you want to just date people who are available. Like, if you... If you're a person that where race, the racial, the person that you date, if their race or ethnicity does not matter to you in particular, then it's like the pandemic has been like, okay, now I know that if this is the kind of person that I want to date, these are the kind of things that they're going to go through living in America. And it's like, am I as a person going to be willing to walk beside them and support them in this kind of movement? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think activism is something we should all be kind of Yes, you damn right it should because at the end of the day, if you really take activism and pull it apart, it's basically people advocating for basic human rights. So do you think, uh, you know, if you're dating a person, you know, you, you want them to be active in some form? Yes, like, it's some things like, it's like silence activism and then there's like open activism. Um, I do both depending on what day it is because I don't just support like the Black Lives Matter, I also and more issues that Native Americans face, or like Hispanics, or other people of color. Absolutely. Or like, I'm a big feminist because women have a whole lot of issues in America that people, I don't want to say sleep on the rug because obviously these issues are brought to light, but it's like, yeah, me being a man, I know the kind of role that I play in this patriarchy, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, I'm clearly, I'm openly queer, so of course I support LGBTQ matters, but then if you want to even dissect that even more, I'm very much aware of trans issues now, seeing that I'm not a trans person, but I have a lot of people who are trans and non-binary, and now see the struggles that they face, like, those are things that I feel strongly and passionate about. Now, I may not be blasting stuff every day on my social media, but that doesn't mean that I don't care, okay. and I'm not trying to bring yeah. that kind of awareness. Yeah. So, um, final question, kind of on the dating. Sure. <laughs> so, just where you stand at, would you would you start dating now, or would you kind of wait till it dies down? So I have been dating because I'm a person. I'm a firm believer there is no time like the present. I mean, okay, why wait? Yeah. Why do it now? Like, 
So yeah, so I am actively trying to date. I haven't been on any dates yet because I'm still what you call like the yeah. talking phase for a lot of people. Yeah. And you have to pass that first before you even consider asking for a date or like accepting a date proposal from another guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, I, I brought up these two topics hand in hand because they really do go hand in hand, you know. Yeah. I'm, you know, a little old fashioned. I believe you should be at least friends or decently friendly with the person before you start. Of course, dating, yes. Going on dates. Um, so, friendships have been affected by the pandemic. You hear it on TV, they're mocking friendships that have been broken up or because of the pandemic or, you know, people because of quarantining and stuff it's yes. been very hard to connect with people it's been strictly on the internet what are your thoughts on that i feel like that is a double-edged sword because it has been beneficial okay. but it also has been harmful like i have met so many people online now because at one point in during this pandemic i was up quarantine and i didn't want to interact with anybody i'm in my house okay. all day who i want to interact with people i meet online so that's like a great benefit. But some of the negatives is like, I'm an extrovert. So I'd rather physically be around and physically talk to people and physically be in people's presence so that I can actually fill you out. I haven't really had the opportunity to do that. And then it's been so weird because like, I've been talking to this person online and then now I have to meet them in person. And it's just like, are you the same person that you said that you were online? Because think about it. You can be anybody you want to be behind the screen. You don't have to be your true self. Versus, I'm looking at you. And I'm not saying that there's a huge difference because you know there's fake people anywhere. You can be fake online. You can be fake in real life. But I can feel the often authenticity more when I see you in person versus you train this persona behind the screen. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think uh, do you think the pandemic has produced a lot of catfishes? No. 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 I haven't really came across any catfishes on my own personal experience, so I won't say that. And plus, you know, you got to think about a lot of people with mental health has been um, affected by this pandemic as well. Pandemic yeah, as well. So some people do catfishing because I think catfishing is trolling. And yeah. when you have been in isolation and quarantine and things like that, I think people want to find a way to try to connect more with people. So why not try to be yourself? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So as far as... Uh new friendships go it's 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 a lot hard to connect because you got some people who don't really do the online thing especially yes all, the older generation i mean you know uh, people probably i'd say late 30s 40s not everybody's into technology some millennials <laughs> some millennials yeah not everybody's into technology so they don't know about a lot of these things for kids i mean we grew up with these websites i mean what was it uh my yearbook or something. My My yearbook. But have you heard of Meet Me? Meet Me? No, I've never heard mm-hmm. of that. No. Dude. But yeah, like a bunch of different websites. I mean, and the extroverts, you know, they're more about face to face interaction. Yes. And they feed off that let me be in your presence energy, you know, with the pandemic separating us. How do you think those people? You are one. How do yes. you cope with that? It, it's it's fucking sucks. Wait, can I say fucking suck for you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's fucking sucks because I'm not somebody. I'm very wary about people that I meet online, yeah, and now that I'm also very extroverted. So it's all these apps that I had to download, and I didn't even think like, damn, there's so many apps that I can meet people on. Like you have Bumble, you have Plenty of Fish. Yeah. You have like um, it, shout out to Bumble. Yeah, shout out to Bumble. <laughs> that is how we met. 
Yeah. But yeah, like you have like Bumble, Plenty of Fish, and you have the ones like Tinder, and I have a whole space in my phone that's just strictly for apps, just meeting people online. And that was something that was completely out of my comfort zone yeah. because I read the person like, oh, you're at a grocery store. I think you're pretty cool. I want to welcome to you. Like, hey, cool shirt. Try to start a conversation. Maybe you can spark a friendship. Now that's a little hard for somebody like me to do that online because like I said, you can be anybody you want to behind the screen. I'm yeah. going to know you. And I think another challenge, me personally, my kind of challenge with friendship during the pandemic is like trying to start all these friendships and everybody kind of giving like half effort is, is so draining. Ah, uh, so it's you have a problem so with the maintenance of a friendship. Not the maintenance, it's just, I will, I, like, I'll give and get, I'll give you the same energy you give me. Like, you know, right. I'll initiate it. Even if you're more introverted, you don't talk a lot, you're even more introverted than I am. I'll still try to spark up a conversation, but yeah, hey, but or one word responses three days later. I understand life happened. No, no. But things like that are draining. I was saying it more like, when I was saying maintenance, I was like, it takes two people to maintain a friendship. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I can understand what you're saying. Like, if I'm sitting here giving you, like, 75% and you're only meeting me at 50, I don't see the fairness in that. And then that also decreases my intentions on trying to even try to further this friendship even more. Because why am I putting more energy into something that you, from my perspective, don't even really care about that much? Yeah, and then, like with the isolation you want friendship you know you're, you're going for it you're, you're putting your energy out there and to not return it's it's exhausting you know, I, me as an introvert i experience it is it, is it something extroverts go through too um i don't really notice it because on top of me being an extrovert i also have a very dominating personality so it's like, I don't mind picking up the pieces where people fall shortcoming. Now, this is like one of those things where I'm the person who's always doing it, always initiating. I'm also the type of person who, who I won't say ghost you, but I like slowly back away from you and just focus on something else or trying to maintain like other relationships with other people. Okay. So, like you said, I like to match energy as well, but the way that I do it is, like, I try not to look at it from, like, a, like a, I don't want to say complaining, but I don't want to look at it like, oh, this person doesn't care. I just look like, well, they probably have something going on in their life, and if they ever want to get back to me, there's always room and opportunity to do that, but I'm not going to give this any more energy anymore. I'm not going to give it any more energy because I'd rather focus on maintaining the friendships of the people who are giving me the same energy, but that kind of relationship is reciprocated, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to take a brief pause, and then we'll be back. All right, guys, we are back. So we've... Try to keep it pretty light for the first portion of you know the podcast. So we're gonna switch into a bit serious topic, um, the mental health aspect of uh, dating, relationships in general that the pandemic has had on all of us. I know me personally, it, it's affected my depression. You know, I know plenty of people have had depression. You know, living in a society that is just now trying to get to. Oh, let's focus on mental health all of a sudden. You know, it's it's hard. So, how have you coped with the things that it's kind of caused for you, or even you know strengthened? 
Well, I will say that in the very start of the pandemic, like March 2020, mm-hmm. I was already like, my mental health has was on a crossroads because I was um, trying to grieve through the death of a loved one. And then when I finally got into yeah. a good headspace and I was able to overcome that, boom, we hit a, a fucking pandemic. And yeah. it was so stressful because like nobody knew what was going on. I'm very close to my grandparents. And the first thing they said in the media was that it was affecting older people. I lived with my grandmother at the time. So I went to like full panic mode because I do have really bad anxiety. Yeah. Just, you know, outside of the other mental health issues. I had really bad anxiety. So I'm like, I got super anxious, like, oh my gosh, what's going on with my grandmother? It was my last year of college. So I went from going to in Christian class, we go on spring break. During spring break, the pandemic breaks out. Wow. Everything shuts yeah. down and we have to move online. I have never been well with doing stuff online. I'm just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I already had eight more weeks left so I get my wow. degree. Yeah. So that was mentally exhausting. And I found myself going into another depression because being isolated and self-quarantined, the only thing that has ever helped me out was actually cannabis. Like yes. taking it every single day from the time that I woke up in the morning to the time I went to sleep. I would go to class incoherent. I was still able to like focus and concentrate and do my schoolwork. But just a little numb. Yes. Well, it wasn't something numb. It was like I was isolated in my house. It was nothing to do but school, oh. <laughs> work, and Netflix. Like, yeah. my jaw closed down. Wow. Like, yeah. my goal was physically closed down. So, I didn't even have the opportunity because I wasn't an essential worker. So, so your whole life kind of just came to a pause. Pause. Like, like, a, like a sudden halt. Yeah. So, now I'm just in the house and I'm an extrovert. Being in the house for me all day, every day is fucking hell. I have to have yeah. social interaction to give me some kind of energy. I was not having that because we're in a fucking pandemic. And then I also was self quarantining because I lived in a house with somebody who was, I felt like immunocompromised at the time. Yeah. So I made the conscious decision of not trying to bring that shit into my household to not even try to go anywhere or interact with people. And if I did interact with people, it was also people who were also self quarantining. Right. The only time I would leave the house was once a week to go grocery shopping for both of my grandmothers, the one I lived with and my other grandmother having to live in the neighborhood. So I would do that, go grocery shopping once a week. Mm-hmm. I would go to like four or five different stores for like three to four hours a week. That was my only time outside. Yeah, wow. That shit was mentally draining. But between Netflix and Hulu, like they couldn't even clutch during this entire pandemic because I had nothing to do but watch shit all day. Because my question was, when were they filming this stuff? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, that's a, no. Honestly, <laughs> that was a good thing. It was like, damn, like I watched watching a whole lot of stuff that was. You know, very, very new. So, like, I got, I I binge watched, like, My Hero Academia from the start to, like, oh, season wow. four. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, fucking 10 days. And the only reason it was 10 days is because I still had class and I still had schoolwork to do on top of trying to get my senior project. Um, believe it or not, school actually was hard, but it also became a little easy because with me not going to work and having all these outside distractors, yeah. I had one designated thing I did all my schoolwork. Guess what? When all my fucking schoolwork was done, I was fucking bored. I had nothing to do. I was fucking <laughs> bored. Yeah. I didn't even have to study as much because the semester was about to fucking end. Like, I only had like maybe two or three tests in each class. One of my classes was just all writing. We write music reviews. That's like a music class of 90s hip hop. All I do is listen to the fucking album. Of course, I'm going to listen to the fucking album. I'm going to listen to that shit on repeat because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. So it does definitely, it has affected everybody differently. And my mental health didn't get better until like maybe June when I actually started going outside. But the only thing I would do is go to places that were, well, everything in Maryland at the time, because at the time I was living in Maryland. 
everything was closed. Like Governor Hogan shut everything down with no malls, no nothing. He just opened the parks up in June. When the parks and stuff opened up, me and my friend who was else on self quarantine, yeah. who was at the park like every other day because it was good for both our mental health. Because yeah. I graduated in May. So once school was done, it got fucking worse because I fucking graduated. So now I had nothing to do but sit in the house all day. So you think your anxiety was like... It wasn't my anxiety. I started running into depression. Depression. Wow. And the only reason why my depression, I was able to overcome it and it got better was because in June, when the park started opening up, I started physically going out the house. Like, because I'm an extrovert, me staying in the house in isolation... That does nothing for me. There's nothing good came out of me doing that. And I also didn't have a choice. Yeah. Now, if I was just going through something I just purposely was not going anywhere, that's one thing. But to be forced to stay at home? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's rough. Exactly. So do you think, interesting question, do you think that um, online uh, kind of, I hope, people's mental health? Or do you think it kind of... Was also you know, all, online has been crazy, you know, since um, the pandemic started. Depends on where your mindset was. If you're like Before online pandemic, friendship, dating. Well, I also didn't start doing all this online stuff until I moved here mm-hmm. because I have a community back in Maryland, so it was it was no necessity for me to even do that. I wasn't trying yeah. to meet any friends. I didn't start downloading all these apps until I moved to California. Um, it was the last week of October. It was basically November. Like when I moved to California in November, and now I had to start and find a brand new community with a lot of other people because I'm the new kid in a whole different city. I know nobody except for me and my relative that I live with. So I didn't have a choice but to try to make friends. And the only way that I can make friends was online because everything yeah. was closed when I got here in November. Everything was still fucking closed. So a lot of... Um things I kind of saw, I'm, I'm sure they were around before, but they probably got more popular um, after the pandemic is uh, the therapy, the online therapy. Mm. Do you think um, you think online therapy is good? I mean, what, what are your personal thoughts on online therapy? Um, I, you know, as a black man in America, I'm, a, I'm on the fence about therapy, man, like ish. Shit, therapy's fucking great. I know, I mean, but I, I kind of be, grew up being taught that, you know, therapy is and I bullshit, think, you know? Well, I also think it depends on the kind of um, background you come from. Like, I also come, not only do I come from a pro-black as hell, not yeah. on the whole tech level, but I come from a pro-black household or pro-black village, as I would say, because that's what I call my family, um, a village, but I also come from a pro-mental health you know, village as well. I've been in therapy since I was 18. I'm 23. And then when I went from physically going to therapy to going to therapy online, mm-hmm. that was kind of a struggle because I felt more comfortable sitting face-to-face with my therapist talking about whatever trials, tribulations, and issues that I had because when you, you tell the hell... Um, also genuine because I was already seeing my therapist. It wasn't like mm-hmm. I was meeting this, my therapist for the very first time. I've already had rapport and a relationship with him, so it wasn't like... I mean, a stranger online. Yeah. So I can see why people be hesitant to try to do telehealth now when it's somebody that you never met before. Mm-hmm. But when you're transitioning from somebody you've already been seeing in person, and I've been seeing this therapist since I was 21, so like going on for years, I've been seeing this therapist. We just moved from in person to telehealth. Gotcha. So do you think um, more people should start getting into Yeah, therapy? you're fucking right, yes. Bob, you got some fucking issues they need to work through. Yes, yes. 
I feel like therapy is not beneficial. I mean, you're aware of the stigma. You know, I get therapy. Uh, yeah, but you're also talking to someone who has a fucking two psych degrees, so... That is that is also true. Yes, so of course I'm going to be pro-mental health. Kind of, you know, answers my next question. You know, what can we do you know, to help mental health go? Because I'm not going to say we're coming out of it, but, you know, we're coming to the brighter side of it. You know? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is have open conversations. Open up all the honest conversations about the mental health problems that you are actually going through. Because the first thing to admitting, you know, the problem is admitting that you have a problem. Then you need to find a therapist. Now, I will say that you will not click with every therapist that you meet. But my grandmother has been telling me all my life, when one motherfucker don't work, go get another one. So we all have mental health issues. You know, anybody who's listening to this says you don't, you're lying. Yeah, like, first of all, like, even if it's small, it, it, it's an issue. Hell yeah, because first of all, like, one of my favorite classes I took in during my undergrad was psychopathology. And basically, that's the study of like mental health. So there are probably I want to say an estimate of maybe four close to four hundred mental illnesses that you can be diagnosed with throughout any time in your mm-hmm. life, from anything that's super super minor to things that are very major. I'm not gonna make people read the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistic Manual for these yeah. things, because <laughs> the DSM is fucking big and there's a lot of shit that you have to sort through. But sounds unnecessarily big. No, I actually like it. Like oh, okay. I would care, I would carry it around, but I'm just too cheap to actually buy one. But okay. yes, um, I mean they have it on the phone, probably. I mean, you can buy people, but that shit's <laughs> like four hundred pages. Like I'm not. Fuck. Yeah, it's like the book is But yeah, it's like you have to acknowledge that. First of all, it, it, even if you don't know what's wrong with you, you have to acknowledge that okay, something's clearly not right. Let me try to go assess this and figure out what's going on, and. I also feel like it's very strong to have a therapist that looks like you so they can actually help you navigate your thoughts. Absolutely. Because I lucked out. My first therapist, he was black and queer. Okay. <laughs> so that helped me out a lot. So when I transitioned into my other therapist who... So basically having a more open-minded therapist. Well, I won't say open-minded therapist, but most therapists are trained to be open-minded. Like you can't even yeah. be in this kind of field if you're not open-minded because you know what kind of clientele you're going to get. But you also have to find somebody that matches your personality. Like, I talk a lot, so I need somebody else who's going to talk a lot to me. I can't have, like, an introverted therapist. It's not going to work. I need you to help me cycle through my thoughts, and we need to navigate this journey together. That's why I said, when one motherfucker don't work, get another one. There's so many um, kinds of therapists you can get. You can get one that's actually a social worker, and they have an LCP. I have an LCSW-C, which means they can do counseling. You can have somebody who is a psychologist. Um, I don't think psychiatrics actually do a lot of therapy. I think they're more into like the medical side of things. You can also have somebody who is just a mental health clinician. Like there's so many titles that you can have. Just find somebody that actually works for you. And if you have insurance, and I will definitely encourage people to have insurance. If you have insurance, use your fucking insurance. That's what the shit is for. To pay for things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, you know, my, the whole thing. We all have like issues just admitting that. What can, I think... A necessary thing we should bring up is what can we do to avoid bringing these, like not being toxic to new friendships, old friendships, new relationships, old relationships. You have to be in tune with yourself. Like you have to have an honest conversation about the kind of person that you actually are. 
And that is where a lot of people have a disconnect because a lot of people are trying to portray this fucking persona of somebody that they are trying to be and they're not there. Even if it's somebody that you're striving to be in the future, if you're not there not right now, then you need to be honest about that. The two things that can make or break any kind of relationship, whether it's a platonic, romantic, a family kind of relationship, is honesty and communication. Those Absolutely. are the basic fundamentals that you need for any relationship to work. Absolutely. When you don't have any kind of honesty in your relationship or no forms of communication, especially healthy communication, you're not going to fucking get anywhere. Yeah. So, um, and that, that, that's something I think about a lot because, like, I, you know, I'm becoming, the pandemic has taught me to be more aware of, you know, my shit, basically. Exactly. Um, so going into new friendships and uh, I, I'm not dating, but going into new friendships, it's it's like the back of my mind. I'm just thinking, okay, you know, I've become aware of a lot of new shitty shit about me. I want to, you know, come into this friendship and basically you, you want to be honest with people you're trying to be friends with it, but you don't want to be going to the friendship like, hey, dude, I thought about committing suicide last night. You know, it may be true, but you know. Is that something you would recommend? Well, here's or... the third thing. It's called boundaries. That's, a, that's the thing. You have to set boundaries early on in all your relationships. I mean, there's a time and place, and you also have to know your friends because you have different friends for different reasons. Like, I'll tell people quick, I do not do sadness. If you are sad and you're going through it, I will try to recommend you to a therapist because <laughs> I, I can't do it. Like, And not because I don't want to help my friend get through their mental health problems or stuff like that. It's that I can't just be a cheerleader for everybody. I need an off day. And then when people know that you're that kind of person, what they do is they grow a codependency on the person. So it's like every time you're having a rough moment or a rough time in your life, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to this person because this person brings me comfort. But what you don't know is that sometimes you be fucking mentally draining this fucking person. Yeah. And they have their own shit to sort out. And that's kind of not fair, which is why I always advocate for people to do mental health. Because a lot of stuff that I talk about in, in therapy with my therapist, yes, I'm open to my friends about it with some degree. But some shit is just for me so to just, dissect with my therapist, you know? Yeah. That's not a responsibility for my friends or family or whoever I choose to share that kind of information with. I think a lot of people kind of expect in a friendship, like you're able to go to your friend about well, that's anything. But, you know, yeah. Having boundaries and respecting each other and doing, hey, I can't, if I'm depressed every day, I can't go to them every time. But yeah, like every once in a while, like, you know, just, you know. Maybe having a bad day on a Tuesday, don't talk to me about your next bad day until the next Tuesday, the next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, don't come all the time, but like, you know, still, it's okay to go to your friend every once in a while. Or just be open and honest with your friend. Like, hey, man, I'm dealing with some stuff. I don't really want to, you know, bring you down, but, you know, if I seem kind of down, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah, and that's something, and that's what I'm saying. That's communication, and that's honesty. Like, I have some friends who, when their mental health is so bad, they like to do a check-out. You know how you have a check-in with your friends? Some people have a check-out. And the check-out that they have is like, hey, I'm not in the best mental health um, space to try to talk to you about this particular issue right now, but when I do try to overcome it and I'm going to give you updates, eventually I'm going to, we can talk about it or we won't talk about it at all, but as far as the friendship, I can't really do the friendship right now because I'm trying to sort through my own shit and I'm okay with that, you know why? Because they communicated that need to me. They're not having me playing the guessing game, They're not having me chase them, they're just honest, like I have not been in the best mental health state, so you may not hear from me in a while. Yeah, yeah. 
But definitely take care of your mental health, you know, yes. respect your friends too. Yes, respect their boundaries as well. Uh, because you know. who the fuck wanna be around a Debbie Downer all the time? And not saying that, you know, you know, the circumstances like people's mental health is any kind of antecedent. An antecedent is like something that happens beforehand. There's any kind of antecedent that can trigger any kind of mental health issues within anybody. And that is okay. But what's not okay is that you're growing a codependency on this person to help you overcome your mental health issues. And what you're doing is instead of enhancing your friendship, you're actually draining your friendship. Like, you ever had a friend who only calls you when they're in time of need, and every time they call you, look at the shit and roll your eyes, like, oh my god, here we go with this motherfucker again. I don't have friends like that. The friends oh, I have right now, that's not a friend. <laughs> but that's exactly what you said. That's not a friend. Yeah, there's a fucking yeah. codependency, and I don't have any fucking children because the only people who should be codependency is children with their caretakers. I don't caretaker no fucking body, so fuck all that. Okay, okay, that's fair. You know, but I agree with you. I also think friendships are kind of part of you know helping with your mental health. Like, yes, especially if you're introvert, extrovert, it doesn't matter. It doesn't Being matter. with other people, because just even if it's five ten minutes a day or calling somebody up on the phone it helps with your mental health tremendously and that's what i'm saying and there's a difference between having somebody that is supportive versus somebody that you are codependent with Absolutely. and a lot of people don't know the difference between that because the thing that separates them to that a lot of people don't have is fucking boundaries and you know i think a toxic thing i've seen in uh, a lot of people uh like past friendships and just people i've encountered is like that jealousy thing you know like I'm your only friend. You can't have another friend. That's an extremely toxic trait. But, you know, a lot of people who haven't had a lot of friends, you know, in the pandemic, you know, you're, you've been encouraged to make friendships. It's good for you. Then leeching onto another person. You're my only friend. That's that's toxic. Now, see, I say with people like that, like my goal, that's another rule. You have to have rules about how you even try to go seek out friends. Like, I told you my first okay. one is that I don't do sadness. Then the other one is that I cannot be your one and only. So you have do's and don'ts with friendships. Too. I have do's and don'ts. Yeah, you damn okay. right. Because okay. <laughs> it's a relationship. To me, I have do's yeah, and don'ts with relationships. Because I have to establish those kind of boundaries early. I have do's and don'ts when I come to dating men. I have mm-hmm. do's and don'ts when I come to maintaining my friendships and trying to make new friends. I have do's and don'ts that I do with my family. Okay. Some of those are cross-cultural because they cross into every single category, like the sadness thing. Do not call me on no sadness shit all the time. Now, if you're having a bad day, even a rough day, you want to talk it out, yes, please talk to me. I will want to help you overcome that. But if this is coming up a thing, like a thing, like a daily thing or like a weekly yeah. thing, hell no, you gotta call another motherfucker. <laughs> you can't call me, hell no. I, sh- I should have titled this Psych Hour with Calvin. Not, <laughs> not Psych Hour. Not Psych Hour. But, um, but this is how I navigate shit. Like, yes. Absolutely. I mean, these are do solid rules. The other mm-hmm. one is I cannot be your one. They're not even necessarily rules. They're just boundaries. They're boundaries, right? Because I can't be your one only. Because you know what that means? Every time something comes off because I'm your one only, who the fuck are you going to call? Me. I have a lot of other friends and relationships and family stuff. Something, something I think... Um, I just thought of it. Uh, some people use boundaries to hurt people. That's not how you use boundaries or set boundaries. Right, because it's healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and some people set boundaries that they don't even 
they're not even aware of. Or right. people set boundaries that they don't even buy to themselves. Like they have boundaries that they uh, have for themselves. Yes, and then they fuck around across other people's boundaries who probably have the same boundaries. Cause like, oh, I can dish it, but I can't take it. I just felt like we should tack that on. To the you damn boundaries. yes, because you know that's a great point that she brought up. Yes, that is a fucking issue because oh. people have unrealistic boundaries. Or they had boundaries that's supposed to protect themselves, but they don't want to respect other people's boundaries or like try to create these kind of barriers or even like unobtainable like maintenance of a friendship. Like somebody yeah. like, oh, you have to call me every single day. Are you fucking crazy? I have other shit to do in 24 hours and talk to you all right. every day. Hell no. So. Man, go um, text me or something. <laughs> I'm a problem like that. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and, and I think that, you know, it, it's not just for friendships. Boundaries aren't not just for friendships and relationships. People feel like, you know, when you're dating, oh, your whole life is now my life. We are one person. No. 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 That was great to see. <laughs> Boundary number three. Some people are happy like that, but it's still not toxic. It is, it's still. Well, it's toxic if that's not something that you want. Because some people like that. Some people like merging their lives together. You have to think about it. Well, I, I still think you should have like, independence. Like, but it depends on the kind of person you are. Like, if you're somebody who you don't like independence, like, you want to, like, live in your significant other's skin, and so your you significant other is okay, and if your significant other is okay with that, then it's okay because those are the boundaries that you all have with your with each other in your relationship. So you think that can be a healthy relationship? If that works for you, you gotta think about it. Some shit that works for some people does not work for everybody. So another key to live by is find what works for you. Exactly, that's why I say that before all of this shit, let's just break it down to the beginning. Before any of this shit, you have to know you about a person. I know I said that earlier, but I need yeah. to emphasize it. You need to know what you like, what you dislike, what you tolerate, what you're not tolerating, what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with. And you need to communicate that to people, especially that you are trying to date early Absolutely. on. Because the one thing that you cannot forget is time. And I hate wasting time. Ooh. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. That that you can get me my money back. You know, yeah, it's like you I can get a refund, but I can get no time. Three years, five years. How am I gonna get that back? Like, exactly. Give me three, 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 three million is enough. Like you can't. And time is some priceless. People, right. And some people are so comfortable in their relationship, they think that they're not okay with. They would try to adjust being okay with that kind of stuff because they think that this relationship is the one and only thing in their entire life. No, That's sorry. why I say it. That works for certain people. That's how you want to live your life. That's not how I want to live my life. Another requirement for me having to date somebody and say, Absolutely. yeah, they have a whole separate life outside of me. Actually, it's funny that you actually mentioned this before you even asked me. Me and my friend was actually sitting there making standards that we have for dating. And I actually have a list of standards that I now go by when I'm trying to seek out dating men. One of them is that you have to have a life outside of me because I have a life outside of you. That's why okay. I can't be your one and only. Like, if you like to be around me and we like to chill and we like to have a good time and we like to go date, that's good. I want to do that because I want to build a relationship with you. But if you want, if you have your friends, like, if you want to go hang with the boys or you have girlfriends or you want to hang with your favorite cousin or you want to go to your mama's house for the day and not talk to me for the rest of the day besides good morning, how you doing, I'll talk to you when I'm, you know, available. I'm, I'm more than okay that I support that shit because I need you to have a life outside of me because Absolutely. there's no way in hell that I'm just going to stop everything I'm doing in my life to focus on a relationship. That shit is for the birds. Like, no. But that's also how I am, Calvin is, as a person. That does not mean that everybody that works and operates like that as well. Okay. Yeah. So, key topics to take away from this podcast, people, are know yourself. <laughs> Definitely know yourself. Set your boundaries. Okay. Healthy ones. Let's also break down some unhealthy ones and unhealthy expectations with each other. 
be open and honest. And it's all love. So, Calvin, thank you for coming on. Let's Thanks for having me. Have shout out your social medias. Yes, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on my main page at Soy Calvin. As I post a lot of cool stuff there. Want to stumble but, out? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Soy Calvin. Um, S-O-Y-C-A-L-V-I-N. Okay. And if you want to follow my fashion page, because I am an amateur stylist, that's something that I feel passionate about. So you have personally styled me. I have. Check them out. Trying to build my clientele. You can check me out at King of the Threads. Only start my bio. (laughs) All right. And thank you for tuning in to uh, the Mad Fine Podcast. I'm Cam. You can follow me on my social medias. It is the Tattooed Introvert on Instagram. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, comments, you would like to tune in and be a guest, I can also do guests uh, virtually, so definitely tune in to my next one. And thank you.